Scripture this morning is from Matthew chapter 4, verse 20, or excuse me, 12 through 23. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that when so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. For those who sat in the region and the shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw other, <clears throat> two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee. Mending their nets, he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Jesus spent a great deal of his life tearing down social and theological barriers during his ministry. Some of it in a dramatic way, like turning the tables of the money changers, and some were a little more subtle. Today's passage, as told by Matthew, takes place at the beginning of Jesus' ministry. This is taking place after his baptism and after his temptation in the wilderness. For 40 days and nights, Jesus fasted and prayed before he was tempted three times by the devil. When he came out of the wilderness after his prolonged stay, from what we read in Matthew, the first thing that Jesus hears is that John the Baptist has been arrested. And so in order to begin to fulfill his mission, Jesus withdrew to Galilee where he settled. At the time, Capernaum was a town mixed of Jewish and, excuse me, Gentile traditions. At one time, the boundary lines of the area were quite clear, Jewish on one side, Gentile on another. But when Jesus made his home there, it was more blended. What we see in Jesus' move to Capernaum is interesting because in those days, Jewish sons did not really move out or away. When a Jewish man was old enough to set out on his own and start his own family, he didn't go far. He would either build an addition to his parents' house, or he would build another level on top of where they were living. So he would either be living right next door or right upstairs. In the ancient homes that still stand in Bethlehem, for instance, a four-story house indicates that at least four generations of one family lived there over time. But Jesus moved away and set up his bachelor pad on the sea. 
Like most 30-year-old unmarried guys, he probably had a futon that his mom had bought him, dishes for one, and a jar of peanut butter in the cupboard. Obviously, just kidding, there was no peanut butter back then. Or food, yeah, or food. Jesus made all of these changes in his life so that one, he could start his ministry, and two, avoid arrest for being a known associate of John the Baptist. The time would come for Jesus to present himself to the authorities for arrest, but for now, he had to withdraw to a place where he could get himself started. And even in this subtle move, where no one knew him, he was already beginning to show the way to the truth. Jesus wastes no time in starting his ministry. He is the light that has come to those who have lived in darkness. He has come to fulfill what the prophets had declared. Those who have sat in the darkness have seen a great light. To them, he declares, repent, which means change your heart. Repent, change your heart and your lives, for the kingdom of God is near. The light that Jesus brought to the world is not a gentle sunrise, slowly allowing our eyes to adjust. The light of Jesus Christ, the change that he brings and demands on our lives, is like sitting in a dark room watching a movie about the periodic table when suddenly a teacher turns the lights on. Or a deer caught in the headlights of oncoming traffic. It is jarring and often painful. We blink, trying to allow our eyes a moment to adjust. To come into the light of Jesus Christ means you must give up the complacency of the dark. Light can be helpful, but light can be scary. When we can't see or hear or we hear something unsettling in the night, we turn on the light and the monsters we imagined were gone. Unless you're married to my husband who waits in a dark room for me to turn on the light and he's just standing there. <laughs> or worse, waits for me to turn the light off and starts laughing maniacally. Marriage has turned my hair white. But the light also brings attention to the parts of ourselves that we don't like. The parts that we feel are better left in the shadows. The parts that we're not proud of. The light of Jesus Christ brings us face to face with our whole self and invites us to make the changes necessary for salvation. Often we do not even know we are in darkness until suddenly we see this bright light in Jesus Christ. The fishermen in the story are just like that. Without knowing that they were in darkness, they went about their business. And when Jesus arrived in front of them, they were awakened. They saw the light. They had a great epiphany. Hey, look at that. An epiphany passage during the season of epiphany. It's almost like it was planned. 
Now in the gospel according to John, Simon, who, grows, who we grow to know as Peter, and Andrew were already followers of John the Baptist, and John was the one who pointed them toward Jesus. In Matthew's account, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, and James and his brother John were all fishermen. Jesus told them to drop their nets and follow him. And in Matthew's account, they did exactly that. They dropped their nets where they stood, and they followed Jesus. They left their livelihoods. They left their families. They left all sense of security to follow Jesus. In their darkness, these men were fishing for the emperor. All they caught was to keep the Roman emperor running to its high standards and its transportation and all of that. The men were not fishing for their families or for their own communities, only for what was the emperor's. Jesus' call call to them has a double meaning. Not only was Jesus going to teach them how to gather the people in that would build the, the body of Christ, but he was going to teach them how to fish for the people how to care for the people, how to cast their nets with words of salvation and good works, to teach how to love God and love neighbor. Jesus called these men into discipleship just as he calls us. Jesus called the people of Capernaum to change their hearts and their lives just as he calls us to change our hearts and our lives. We have been called to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. So think of these things as I ask. How do we do that? What does changing your heart and your life look like for the good of others? What does it mean to change your loyalty to the family of God? What else is Jesus calling you to do? What are you holding on to in your life that is keeping you in darkness? What are you holding on to that is dragging you away from the light of Jesus Christ? Sometimes we work so hard at keeping up with the Joneses that we can't see what we should be doing for the Smiths. What we must do is be like these first four disciples and not only become fishers for people, but fishers for people. Jesus came to die for our sins, this is true, but it is not the only thing that he came to do. If all he needed to do with his time on earth was to die, he would not have spent three years ministering to and teaching the people of Judea. There is more to the lessons of Jesus Christ than simply he died for our sins. First, he showed us how to live our best selves for the good of all people. First, he showed us what a sinless life 
could look like. First, he showed us what he was saving us from. He's not asking of us anything he had not already done himself. Being fully human as well as fully divine and being 30 by the time he started his ministry, Jesus had a whole life before we really get to know him. When the right time came for him to begin, he left his old ways. He's not asking anything of us that he himself has not already done. He wants us to set it all down and follow him. I watched a movie this week that had a couple stranded at sea. The mizzenmast had broken, and the sail had become saturated in the water and began to pull the boat down, causing seawater to come over the side more and more until the boat came very close to capsizing. In order for the boat to stay upright, they had to cut off the damage. The parts that were weighing them down, if they were going to have a chance of making it. We must lay down our nets, our broken, ripped, grimy, saturated, heavy nets, and follow the one who stands before us in glory. We must set aside our judgment, our close-mindedness, our fear of change. And we must turn ourselves towards Christ and the model that he has set before us. Amen.